Hello and welcome to the Despawn podcast. I am Despawn, also known as Paul. Uh, today we are talking fans and their fandoms. We've got an interesting one today. A fandom I should love but don't really understand. So we've got an expert uh, to come along and join us and explain all the wonderful things in the wonderful world of Kingdom Hearts. I am joined today by the wonderful Arif Johan. How are you doing, Arif? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. This yeah. is a. <laughs> I love. I love how. Did you? Did you do? Per, I was going to put parentheses in expert. I feel like in your. In, you know, I read that as you were. You know, expert in Kingdom Hearts. No, know? no. I mean, look. Look at your background. You are a certifiable expert. Oh no! It's like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just your standard background. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, out of the two of us, I think we can definitely say on on levels, you are the expert. When it comes to Kingdom Hearts, I know you're playing a lot of it at the moment recently. It seems to be a regular thing when it comes to your streams and things like that. Um, but before we jump into obviously Kingdom Hearts, for anyone who doesn't know yourself, uh, give them the elevator pitch behind Arif. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, so I go online, I go by Arif Johan, uh, which is a very uncreative username. It's my first name and last name, so it's what it's. Yeah, it's also easy to remember. But in terms of uh, what I do here on the internet, in terms of content, all that kind of stuff. So I'm a content creator from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Um, a lot of my content surrounds uh, or revolves around Southeast Asian indie games or uh, indie games that feature Southeast Asian elements. Um, so I work with developers and publishers in Southeast Asia around the world to highlight those games um, on my Twitch channel. Um, and as well as do fun fun little bits of content on Twitter and Instagram related to that. But also, other than Southeast Asian games and outside of the indie scene, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Kingdom Hearts. Um, it's my favorite franchise in entertainment of all time. I grew up with it, and it's just one of those things where if I'm not talking about Southeast Asian games, I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts and vice versa. You know what I mean? Even in even in non-gaming, non-entertainment conversations, you can ask you can ask a bunch of my friends or the people that know me. I will I will slip in a Kingdom Hearts reference here and there. Um, and the people that get, I get it. You know what I mean? But yeah, just here to that, that's that's two things to know about me. That's that's all. That's all you need to know about me and my content creation journey. Southeast Asian games and Kingdom Hearts. I just imagine yeah. you ordering a coffee. It's like, yeah. So have you have you heard the story of Roxas? <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes there's just like a jingle that plays in the in the cafe, and you're like, oh, oh man, that really sounds like Roxas's theme. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, nope, I have no nope. idea what you're talking about. Nope, that's just Mariah Carey. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I heard <laughs> the the Christmas world, the Nightmare Before Christmas was uh, was a great part of this. You know, this Christmas. Decor, I don't know. <laughs> Trying to pull yeah. pull stuff together. There's a lot of things that relate to Kingdom Hearts. You know, uh, there's yeah. a lot of subject matter that's uh, it's a, it's a large pool. So you know, not that uh, hard to make references. So we're gonna start with an easy question for you about the right. world of Hit Kingdom me. Hearts. In 10 words or less, explain the entire Kingdom Hearts story. Um, Kingdom Hearts uh, is where Final Fantasy meets Disney. Lost count. Perfect. Nailed Kingdom, it. Hearts is, Kingdom Hearts is all about where Final Fantasy meets, meets Disney, and Kingdom Hearts is really, at the end of the day, the entire story is just about friendship and reconnecting with your friends. Old, old friends, new friends just friends in general. It's literally about friendship. Okay. That's what Kingdom Hearts is about. Well, slightly more than 10 words, but I'll allow it because it mentioned <laughs> friendship at least three times and I love it. Um, so, I mean, obviously the big question is when, what was it that first uh, introduced you to Kingdom Hearts and what helped you like fall in love with that series? Yeah. So it, it's, it's a really funny story, actually. I mean, I, I tell the story to a lot of my friends because it, it, it's kind of also my history with video games. 
So for to give you a little bit of context, right? Like I grew up on the SNES. I think the SNES was my first console that um, me and my dad played, and then I got my own Game Boy, all that kind of stuff. So I was in that era of gaming, and I remember on I, I can't remember which birthday exactly it was, but one of my birthdays, my dad came home after work. It was like six o'clock. He just dropped a giant box on the table and was like, "Happy birthday!" Right? And I was like, "This is amazing!" So I opened the box. It was a PlayStation Two, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And I've had the PlayStation One before this. Like I said, I had the Game Boy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the PlayStation 2 was, uh, yeah, was one of those things where he, he got it for me for my birthday and a stack of games. And it's actually really funny. I wanted to, I, I, I don't know if you've heard this story yet, Paul, but this is something that you might find funny. But on that stack of games, it was like 10 games or so, right? There was like Dark Cloud 2, a bunch of other games that I, I don't really remember right now. Final Fantasy X oh, and Kingdom Hearts, right? First thing that I booted up on my PlayStation 2 was Final Fantasy X. Put it in. I couldn't vibe with it. It was about like, uh, you know, a couple, a couple, not even an hour in or so, right? A couple minutes in. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is not my game. Took it out, put in Kingdom Hearts 1, and I never looked back since. So that was kind of my, just just by chance, I got uh, I got into Kingdom Hearts like that. And then ever since, I played almost every single game in the franchise. I'm, I'm still annoyed to this day that you don't play Blitzball. Greatest game of all time. No, okay. So time out. No joke. No joke. It was the Blitzball that turned me off. Uh, For uh, those that are Final Fantasy X, I'm so sorry. I think, like, child RF could not... I could not get into Blitzball. <laughs> it's the first level, isn't it? It's yeah, like you got to, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so I could not do that. I could not do that. Oh, no, I love it. But yeah, I get that. But yeah, no, I, I, I understand that it's like that childlike wonder of like, I'm assuming for you, well, I'm, I'm just putting words in your mouth right now, but like discovering a world of like RPGs with uh, a world of Disney and that combination of the two has got to be like key to winning over a lot of children. He being the, the, the pun intended there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I think it's like you're you're totally right. And like I said, for those that don't know Kingdom Hearts, right? Basically, what it is is that um, it's the 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 pitch of the game. Like I said before, is just it's got Final Fantasy characters, it's got Disney characters, and you're playing as a new set of new characters or their own uh, original characters, jumping from Disney World to Disney World, and just um, you know solving solving issues of that world. But for me, you're you're totally nailing it as somebody who's also watching a lot of Disney films back in that time as well. The fact that I could go over to you know, see Tarzan, have Tarzan in my party, and then go over to the next world and have, you know, in the next game with Mulan or Aladdin or, th or things like that. That's mind-blowing to me still to this day. Um, and it's also one of those things where you're totally right. It's all just about, it's childlike wonder. It's also just so optimistic. It's so beautiful. It's so heartfelt. It's so, it, it just makes you feel good inside. Um, but also the series is also, it's very funny and very ironic because the subject matter of that series gets really crazy and really weird and really dark as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it threads a fine, a fine balance, but that's, that's kind of why I love it. It has kind of everything, everything in it, you know? Yeah. I mean, just going into that, like, obviously one of the, like the, we'll say the memes of Kingdom Hearts is that the story yeah. is one of the most convoluted stories in video games. Do you do you think that's true? Because I mean, I was doing some research looking up on this. Like, obviously, I know about like Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three. There's a couple of the side stories that I know, like that came out, like the Game Boy Advance or I think the PSP and things like that. But looking into the timeline, I think there's like 13 games in the series. Yeah. Um, Are you including the mobile games or not? Because if you do include the mobile, <laughs> to see this is as well. Yeah, there's mobile games as well. It's like. Yeah. How convoluted is the story, really? Because on the surface, it looks like it is very much just like you, you're a you're a Square Enix character going around Disney worlds fighting bad guys. But then you hear stories of like the Heartless and uh, friendship and all of this kind of stuff. 
Like, how yeah. convoluted does it get? Do you think? Do you think it's got a good reputation for being sufficiently convoluted, or is it just? Is it a meme at this point? I think the memes are one hundred percent justified, right? As <laughs> as much as I joke about it, it's like Kingdom Hearts is really confusing, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd be lying to y'all here if I said that I knew Kingdom Hearts in its entirety. Um, and all the every single you know all the background of the characters, what that means, how they all are interlaced with each other. The the basic premise of Kingdom Hearts is easy to understand from game to game, right? But there's always moments you can ask any Kingdom Hearts fans or people that have played the series, hundred percent every single game. I mean, maybe after one, I would say there's always a moment where you hear a piece of dialogue or they introduce a new concept, and you're just like what is going on right <laughs> it's like it's just sort of this it's like that's awesome that's cool but what the heck is going on you know yeah. so i think it's it, it is really funny because it, it is indeed very confusing and the total you know the memes of pointing how things relate to one another and right, drawing that whole mind map um is very much true but at the end of the day it's like it i don't think it's it's not it's not like, I don't know, you're reading a physics textbook and if you lose one page, you don't know what, what's going on for the rest of the book, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, not that, it's not that difficult to understand, but it definitely is convoluted. Yeah, is it, sure. would you say it's more along the lines of like, it's, it depends how much you want to take away from it more, more than yeah. it being like, you have to understand everything. So you could just play yeah. one, two, and three, run through those, or you could spend all your time understanding all the backstory. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and and those that are looking to play this series for the first time as well, right? I think there are there are core there are essential games in the series. Like you said, the main series one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I would argue Birth by Sleep, which is the PSP one, which is now remastered for a lot of them, is actually also a really important one. But beyond that, to be honest with you, yeah, have fun with the game. If you if you're looking for the lore, there are as a la you know typical jrpgs if you look at the logbooks, there's entries and you know novels of pages that you can read just for the people that are interested in the backstory right and there are you know if you're on the kingdom hearts reddit there's always like oh we noticed that the number seven pops up here and there's actually seven people that do this and there's third you know so there are those things if you're if you're a hardcore fan looking for that but at the end of the day look like it, the main premise of kingdom hearts is that you're you're going around new worlds you're meeting new friends you're helping them with their problems and you're just trying to reconnect with the people that you know right mm-hmm. and the and that story is just i think it's very universal so it's also just one of those things where at the end of the day it's really just about family and friendship and that as a concept shouldn't be that hard to grasp from game to game because that's the core principle throughout each each and every kingdom hearts title pretty, um, which i think universal. people yeah 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 but i think people get blown out I, I mean for sure i'd be lying to you like i said there's let me get this let me just be be clear here paul there is a there is a uh, weapon in the game in the series of kingdom hearts called the keyblade mm-hmm. right but it's not the keyblade it's the letter like the x letter which is pronounced key so when you talk about when you talk about when kingdom hearts gets weird wacky and confusing it definitely exists okay. you know what i mean um but you know that that's also why I, I i also my last thing about the memes is that i also love it right yeah. if anything can be memified memified it's like you're just in it in you're if you're in it for the joke all the better you know all the better yeah um so i mean obviously we talked about how you initially discovered the series as a kid where you got given the game as a present uh how did you go from that to it being like a a mainstay of your life and like was it one of those things where you just kind of uh in fact i'll let you explain like how how did you like how did it become like from being a kid finding a new game with disney characters to it being like a major part of your life now 
Totally. I, I think, uh, I don't know how other people would answer this, but there is a, cha a tonal change between Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, right? Kingdom Hearts 1 is a lot more closed. It it makes sense in terms of, like, so the story, the overarching thing. You're meeting all these Disney characters. Oh, Aerith is in this game. Cloud is in this game. That's really cool. You know what I mean? Sephiroth is a boss battle. That's, the, you know, so there's a, there's a bunch of these, like, cool moments in the first Kingdom Hearts game, but it's pretty straightforward. But I would say because I was playing it on the PS2, a couple of years later, Kingdom Hearts 2 dropped as well. And in between that chain of memories for the Game Boy Advance. But I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is the is the definitive game that I think the creators of Kingdom Hearts were like, no, we're gonna make like statements out of this series. You know, it's not gonna be just a bunch of kids um fighting with Donald and Goofy in search for King Mickey. There's gonna be a lot more deeper elements that we're gonna we're gonna introduce, and it's gonna be a full-blown JRPG in the way that, you know, the typical JRPG tropes um will will come out in some way shape or form so if you go back and play kingdom hearts 2 it's actually i think that's what made me stay you went from there are mini games in it and uh, uh the, the little mermaid world where you, you know, you're still having fun you're playing music and all that kind of stuff but there's also some really really impactful meaningful storytelling that's happening in kingdom hearts 2 that i get emotional thinking about to this day you know and i i, I watched the stream of a friend earlier today um uh, she was playing one of the boss battles right and as you hear the music swell in that boss battle uh it's just you just feel the passion and the beauty and and how much um, the developers put into this game and that it's not just a boss battle it's like you're really exploring a relationship between these two characters as well so there's so much depth to kingdom hearts on the on the story level but it was on a personal level so i think that's why i stuck around with it right yeah. Um, yeah. So just to get to like some more like the mechanics of Kingdom Hearts. So again, like for anyone who's like not played it, they've obviously seen the gameplay. It, it very much looks like a uh, to me anyway on the outside. Because again, it's, weirdly, it's a game I've never played. Um, I think I started Kingdom Hearts one. I got about half an hour in and then just never went back to it for some reason. Um, but it very much looks like a kind of um, semi-linear open worlds kind of obviously jumping between the worlds hack and slash. Which is yeah. weird to me when I think of it being like one of the like the, a Square Enix game in their heyday, of kind of like making those JRPGs. Uh, so you like say the modern Final Fantasies and things like that. How would you ex explain the mechanics to people or who've never played Kingdom Hearts? What kind of game is yeah. it actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a JRPG. I'd say it's an action. It's an action oriented JRPG. So for sure, I think it's such an interesting time because. You know, uh, it, it, at least in my knowledge of Square, at that point when they were coming up with PS2 games, I think they were experiencing a little bit more with 3D worlds, obviously, right? Um, which started with the PS1 era, but with the PS2, I think you could move around more freely in three-dimensional worlds. So I think this is kind of where they took a lot of their experimentation of making just a full-on um, action-oriented game. So I guess with Kingdom Hearts is that, yeah, you're it, it is described a little bit more action-oriented where... X is to swing your weapon, right? And you can freely move the camera, you can lock onto targets, all that kind of stuff. But the, GR the, the inherent JRPG mechanics are in the game, whereby you have armor, you have different weapons that do different things, you have magic, you have all that kind of stuff. But it is definitely not a turn-based game, which is also what I love because... Uh, you know, as somebody who still loves turn-based games and still loves old-school Square games, also, you know, I love Pokemon. That's another one of my huge, uh, huge franchises that I love. Like, turn-based is awesome, but there was something about Kingdom Hearts back in the day where it just sucks you in so much because you're actively, you know, doing quick-time events. You're actively um, fighting XYZ enemies and whatnot. So I guess that's the general gameplay. The other best part about Kingdom Hearts is that I love how creative they are with their gameplay, mostly because I know a lot of people say they're button-mashy, and they can be quite button-mashy because you're just going from enemy to enemy. Um, but in my opinion, it's like when you play the harder 
difficulties of Kingdom Hearts, it becomes worse than a Souls game. You know, you got to know exactly the right frame to block. You know, you got to know the exact uh, frame or uh, segment to heal and whatnot. There's so many different ability combinations. And also, if you're a casual player, if you're looking for fun, like it's summoning Mushu from Mulan or <laughs> Dumbo to help you out in a battle, like even as a as somebody who's in their mid twenties, like that's flipping exciting, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'll... I mean? Tinkerbell coming up on screen, like uh, to help out with this, you know, beating up some heartless, some some no name enemies. Like I still, I love the thrill of that. So I think there's a little bit. There's just so much for everybody, right? What's not to like about that kind of combat or yeah. that kind of gameplay system? And again, is it going in kind of like we talked about the story a little bit? Oh, like you can go in base level and just just have fun with the friendship level, or you can go in deep and understand all the backstory. The, uh, the what are they called the, uh, the the something thirteen. You can answer this one. Yeah, the organization thirteen. Organization yeah. thirteen. So you can understand all the backstory yeah. of those, that kind of thing. And I'm assuming like the combat kind of has a similar premise where you could just stick up an easy going button mash, yep. have fun running around the worlds, uh, fighting the bad guys that you recognize from all the films. Or like you say, you could bump it up to that like harder difficulty and just get really into like a a, a solid JRPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, I think you nailed it. Like I said, I think Kingdom Hearts is indeed very inclusive. I think that's why the fan base is also, you get so many different types of people that play Kingdom Hearts as opposed to, you know, a a turn-based JRPG where, look, if you don't like turn-based, you're probably not going to like that Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of game or something like that, right? But I think for me, um, yeah, you absolutely nailed it. There's so much depth in, in... combat if you want to get into that but also you can totally play the game on a slightly easier mode and get past it a little bit and the bosses then the boss fights aren't as technical if you will um as they as they go down the line but 100 if you're looking for that experience you can i mean just look at what i've been, I've been streaming kingdom hearts 2 for almost a year now and yeah. i'm playing on the hardest difficulty of that game and the best thing about that is that even for completionists or people that are looking for that grind i think the, the developers of kingdom hearts put in a lot of secret bosses a lot of you know you can fight the bosses again with a harder uh, harder difficulty set all those kinds of stuff um iconic bosses from the disney era from the final fantasy era so all the all these kinds of things you you can experience but like you said you if you want to be a filthy casual at kingdom hearts you can be if you want to enjoy you know mickey falling through the air and having some wacky dialogue as you're <laughs> i don't know as you're experiencing the third game you, you can totally have that um but i will say that yeah the gameplay is i i think fairly underrated I, I think a lot of people um crap on the gameplay a little bit um because they say it's quite button mashy but i think i love it. It, it you can make it as creative as you want it to be in my opinion yeah that's awesome um yeah. so i'm gonna test your knowledge a little bit not not okay, like we're not it. we're not doing like a top 10 questions or anything but like do you know <laughs> like i did so i did a little bit of research but i don't know how much of it okay. is true because like always all my research comes from wikipedia um but do you know much about like how this game came to be and uh like the backstory of how it became a game uh, and a series that now yeah. tons of people love uh, like could you go into a little yeah. bit of that and like explain like some of the backstory yeah. of that maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Kingdom Hearts story about how this came to be is like an infamous story. I think a lot of people know it, even though even people that have never played Kingdom Hearts before. But it's like it's this fabled, uh, uh, how would you say, rumor, right? Mm-hmm. That Shinji Hashimoto, who is currently still at Square Enix, if I'm not mistaken, producer of the Final Fantasy series, one of the you know the grandfathers of the Final Fantasy property over there at Square. Um, Square Enix and Disney were working in the same office building uh, in Japan. And by chance, I think they they were Shinji Hashimoto and a producer at Disney were in the, in the elevator one day, had a conversation, struck it up, and that led to a partnership where Disney and and Square wanted to make something uh, together, right? So that's kind of the fabled story. I know there's a lot of iterations of you know there have been some conversations here and there, but maybe that's what cemented it or whatever have you. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it definitely sounds like it's uh, you know 
why not make use of this opportunity when you have two powerhouses of studios like Disney and Square Soft at the time, um, just combine and make something something like this, right? And I think it's also interesting because I know you're a big Final Fantasy VII fan. Yes. Um, and <laughs> much like the rest of the world, I guess, right? But so it's also beautiful because so even though Shinji Hashimoto was a producer on Kingdom Hearts and maybe one of the people that incepted or created Kingdom Hearts, um, Tetsuya Nomura, who a lot of people know now from Kingdom Hearts, but also the person who did a lot of art for Final Fantasy, most notably Final Fantasy VII, you know, uh, scenario designs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's he's the main creator of what you what you would know as Kingdom Hearts now, right? Um, so that's maybe a little bit of the background, a little bit of the history. I don't know how exactly things came to be X Y Z, but I think it was just a per chance thing that led to something beautiful, and nobody is ex expected, and nobody still expects there to be games where you have Disney and Final Fantasy characters in the same world, you know? Yeah. It's a crazy concept back then, it's a crazy concept right now. That's it, I could not imagine that happening today. Uh, it just, it seems like definitely uh, one of those, like, well, it's a classic, like, the, the quintessential elevator pitch that uh, became, obviously, sorry, my camera's uh, be not behaving I know, today, no worries. So apologies if I keep blurring out. But yeah, it's definitely one of those, like, quintessential elevator pitches that, again, I don't think would happen today if it happened, like, um, just, I think the the politics of uh, video games nowadays are a bit uh, beyond the kind of heyday of excitement of video games back then. So it is amazing yeah. that these kind of things can all come together to to build like a classic series like this. I don't think we've had anything like this since like maybe maybe the Smash series is the yeah. closest we could ever and see that kind of collaboration of like companies together. Um, but yeah, becoming like a series as beloved as like Kingdom Hearts has become, I think, is not something we'd <laughs> ever see uh, again. It's it's also really funny because as we talk about Disney and this huge, huge, you know, entity that Disney has become now, right? I mean, Disney was huge back in the day. They're mm -hmm. even bigger now, right? But it's funny because I, this is something that I have yet to see a lot of people in the Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, fandom or community talk about. But in my, I could be fairly wrong about this, but if you actually look at the boss fights as the Kingdom Hearts games progress, you used to f uh, physically fight. I mean, like in the game, right? Fight a lot of bosses um, that were Disney villains, mm -hmm. but they toned that down as the games progress, especially between one and two. So, in my opinion, that's also kind of an analysis of like what Disney is comfortable with and their characters and whatnot. Um, so it's just it's just one of those analyses. Is like, yeah, the fact that they, they're still producing these games is awesome, but there could definitely be threads where the negotiations between Square and Disney could maybe getting challenging and challenging as the years go by. Um, uh, but just one of those quick observations, right? Because like I said, if you go back to the first Kingdom Hearts, there's a lot of Disney Disney villains that you physically fight, but then yeah. if you go to uh, so on and so forth, there are a lot of these heartless or unversed or nobody characters instead, or original characters that you fight as bosses. Um, but again, at the end of the day, it's still like, if you could get to still hang out with Hercules in the next Kingdom Hearts game, like that is still amazing. Yeah, you know? that is still, it's still mind-blowing that that happens. Yeah, that is it. Do you think, again, do you think that is a case of uh, Disney being a bit more protective of their IPs or do you think it is a case of like maybe Square Enix just want to do something a bit more in world for themselves uh, or do you think maybe a combination of both yeah I think you nailed it there's so there's so much to unpack there right mm -hmm. because um, well, I think the first thing on Disney, it would also be terrible for me not to bring up. I mean, you just brought up Smash Bros earlier, right? Sora was announced for Smash as the last DLC character a couple yeah. months ago. I know I freaked out. I know, uh, I know you. You. I, I I'm know how, even how well even I out. even I lost my mind <laughs> yeah. a little bit. And again, like I say, Smash isn't a series I've touched a lot of. I own it. I yeah. play it. I like seeing all the announcements, 
but seeing like seeing Sora in Smash, like the character that ever I think at this point ninety percent of the player base wanted, uh, is an amazing feat in itself. And again, it goes into that kind of um, the relationships that these companies have, and like you, it's not often you'd ever see anything like that. And so when it actually happens, it's such an exciting moment uh, for for yeah. fans around the world. I think. Yeah. So like you said, it's it's it, it, a lot of people expected it, but not a lot of people think that these companies could come to an agreement to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. Or to pull it off, especially with Disney. And it's funny because as we follow the Smash conversation, there's two like parts I want to touch on that is that, yeah, if you look at the the stuff that was going on in the background, according to, you know, some sources about how hard it was to get Sora into Smash, um, that's one thing, right? But then the second thing, there's another quote that came out around the same time, or I think it existed before, but people were bringing it, up, bringing it back up at around the same time. But even the producers of Final Fantasy XIV had mentioned before that they don't really want to do any kingdom hearts related uh dlc or you know expansions or mm -hmm. or you know features within final fantasy 14 which is the biggest arguably one of the biggest games right now i'd say um, so, yeah. because they don't want to they don't want to get into the whole uh, complicated relationship between square and disney even even though kingdom hearts is you know a square property if you will yeah. so there's a lot of just general complications so i don't really know what where we're leading towards but all i know is that yeah i can imagine it's super hard to work with disney um, to pull these things off. And that's why I keep saying it's a shock that there are still Kingdom Hearts games that are coming out. Um, yeah, so I would say that's, I guess, that's the first thing. And then the last thing I'll say on that is that, uh, so Tetsuya Nomura, for those that don't know the drama behind, or the 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 rumored drama behind Tetsuya Nomura's relationship with Square Enix and whatnot, but there's a lot of people that think that he's definitely trying to have more agency with the Kingdom Hearts series, especially relating to his history with Final Fantasy Versus 13, Final Fantasy 15, and the shenanigans that happened there, um, and 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 what Kingdom Hearts means to him, and uh, it. Yeah, the past couple of years in the Kingdom Hearts meta, if you will, the upper level, you know, conversation around the game's producers and the back end stuff, stuff things has been just super interesting to follow. So I definitely think they're trying to make he's trying to make it his own his own definitive property, if you will. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I know we're going to go into conspiracy theory moments right now, but <laughs> yeah, again, put the tinfoil hats on. Yeah, yeah, tinfoil hats on. Uh, so talking about like, obviously the Smash thing, uh, I noticed obviously like yeah. you say how difficult it can be to get these characters to work together. A lot of the there's a lot of backgrounds in in the Kingdom Hearts series uh, where like uh, it's very the stained glass uh, motifs that yeah. they have. Uh, I noticed a lot of them didn't feature any Disney characters in the Smash reveals. So again, like say it's one of those things like. Where where does the uh, the kind of the permissions lie and what can be used and stuff like that, and then that's kind of very indicative of like you say of like how how difficult it can be for these companies to work together. So like what kind of uh, shortcuts do they take or kind of workarounds do they take to kind of get around using certain characters? Uh, but yeah, I find all that stuff very interesting. I'm very much a yeah. kind of guy who like reads reads the dirt sheets and so like, well, this guy talked to this guy or this guy liked this tweet and uh, does this mean this yep. or that? It's like so seeing these things happen in like real time and like in these announcements is quite cool. Um, but yeah, just want to get into kind of like more of the kind of like the in depth on the story elements and stuff. We're probably gonna get mm -hmm. slight spoiler st stuff now, so if you're worried about spoilers for Kingdom Hearts uh just just you know skip ahead uh maybe i'll put a time code in somewhere um but yeah so like obviously we'll we'll stick to like the first one because uh that's kind of where i'm coming in at the moment and probably a lot of new people yep. are like how would you like obviously we've talked about like the basics of like the friendship meeting these characters moving around these worlds um what is kind of like the actual like deep down premise of the story and like what kind of mm -hmm. like how the, how do these interactions get told and like 
how are they explained in the world? Uh, if you want to go into yeah. a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think everything starts with Kingdom Hearts 1, as obviously mm -hmm. it will, right? Um, but there are, you know, the series goes through time jumps. The series follows different characters throughout. But I guess the premise of, or this, the main story of Kingdom Hearts 1 is that y you got your trio, Sora, uh, Kairi, and Riku, right? Who all live on Destiny Island. Everything is great. They're, you know, they're, I don't know, exploring relationships or friendships and just having, they're just being kids, right? Mm -hmm. They're just being kids. So, but then one day, um, their world gets engulfed by darkness, and the three of them get separated throughout uh, the universe, if you will, all thrown into different worlds. And Sora's journey happens, he happens to come across Donald and Goofy, um, and their whole shtick is that they're in pursuit of their friend King Mickey, who has gone missing recently. So the reason why Sora, Donald, and Goofy band together is because Sora is looking for his friends when uh, Donald and Goofy are looking for, you know, his friend or King mm -hmm. Mickey, right? Or their friend, King Mickey. So that's where Sora's journey ends up. They're all just in a pursuit of finding finding their friends. Um, and then with Kairi and Riku, who are, you know, maybe slightly off the main story, uh, you, you don't, you kind of see Kairi here and there, but with Riku especially, I think instead of finding friendships like uh, Sora, uh, sorry, Donald and Goofy, um, he finds a little bit more of the the bad crew with Maleficent and the, the more villainous characters in the D Disney universe. And then as for the story as it goes, like I said, you know, we jump through Disney worlds, Disney world to Disney world. But the whole objective is that they're supposed to close the keyhole to every Disney world or every world that they encounter to make sure that those worlds don't end up like their island in the past as well. So it's really just a, it, it, it's a story about making sure that all the, all the worlds that they jump to are safe mm -hmm. whilst being um, a pursuit to find their friends. And you, you'll find out that Sora is destined because he has, he has the power of the Keyblade, a weapon that chooses a person, uh, you know, a person that's strong of heart and nobody else can wield. Um, and that has its own implications as well. And so as the story progresses, I mean, obviously we get to a point where, yes, we're saving a bunch of worlds, but there is a, how would you say, a larger plan <laughs> behind the scenes, right? Of why these worlds are getting engulfed by darkness. And, you know, maybe Maleficent isn't the one pulling the strings at the end of the day. So I guess that's the, that's the fairly spoilery version of it, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's obviously a little bit more that happens at the end sequence of Kingdom Hearts. Um, but that, yeah, that's kind of where Kingdom Hearts 1 starts off, really, at the end of the day. Okay. That sounds yeah. good. Like a really, really cool premise. Like a really interesting way to introduce the world. Um, so let's talk about the key. Like obviously, the keyblade is the big iconic part of the series. It's like yeah. it's the main weapon. Like explain the keyblade because on paper it looked like a really <laughs> dumb idea. Yeah. It's just a giant key with a handle that you hit things with. Um, yep. Like just just going a little bit on that because I I need some kind of like um, like yeah. premise going into this game. Like, cause yeah, on on paper it looks uh, it's a wild idea. It is a cre it it is the perfect metaphor for Kingdom Hearts, where mm -hmm. these are concepts that should not work together, but they do, yeah. right? Um, and the Keyblade is perfectly representative of it. And the Keyblade actually relates to the more also spoilery version of what Kingdom Hearts is as a whole, right? So, yeah, basically the Keyblade is just a weapon. It's a key that you can hit people with, and it's very strong. <laughs> like, perfect. cool, that's awesome, right? Yeah, sure, why not? It's it's a, it's a <laughs> Yeah, it's a friendlier version of the... It's a kid version uh, of, a, of the Buster Sword, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, but I think the thing with the Keyblade is that in the first game, Sora is the only one that is able to wield the Keyblade, right? And you're seeing that, yes, he's the one that has the power to close these worlds and make sure they're safe. 
Um, there's the Heartless are attracted to the Keyblade because it seems like a very powerful weapon or entity or whatever. But then you start to see that, hey, King Mickey has a Keyblade, you know? And maybe there are other people in the worlds that have Keyblades, right? So maybe it's not just Sora that 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 has that wields these weapons, right? And so I, I guess I'm not entirely sure about the actual history of the Keyblade itself. But once you get through the games, every, every couple games or so over the past 10, 15 years or whatever have you, right? You start to actually realize that there was a huge event... Um, in the in the past uh that was called the keyblade wars where everybody or uh there was a group of people a large group of people that were keyblade wielders that were actually trying to harness the power of kingdom hearts right and you might be asking me rf what the heck is kingdom hearts it's in every game title i don't know what the heck it is and let me tell you i barely understand what kingdom hearts is like the actual kingdom hearts yeah <laughs> but i guess for me it's like so kingdom hearts is a a place that contains all hearts and it's supposed to give whoever can control it all power and knowledge um, of the universe, right? So as with a lot of these stories, it's really just the pursuit of power and knowledge. And the, those that wield the Keyblade, um, actually they want to, uh, there's, a, like I said before, there's a weapon called the Keyblade mm -hmm. with, the, with the little X that whoever wields that gets the power of Kingdom Hearts. So throughout the series, you realize that there's a lot of the villains that actually want to obtain the power of Kingdom Hearts. And this is a thing that's not been happening in Sora's time, but also in a bunch of other times forward and backwards and whatever have you. So I guess that's the significance of the Keyblade. Like, there's just a, there's a bunch to it. There's a lot of history. How much did you follow there, Paul? How much, um, how much of that was, like, was, was permeated through you and far, probably, like, every other listener of the show right now? I recognize the word Keyblade. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, no, it kind of makes glad. sense. Like, I'm so glad. yeah, there's, there's that thing in the middle that kind of like it, it's like you say, it starts off again. We were talking about it near the beginning, like how it it can mm. be the Kingdom Hearts series could be quite simple, and then it can get quite convoluted and taking what you want from it. It could be yeah, like it does feel like it's that kind of. And I think the Square, like SquareSoft at the time or Square Enix, would be really good at building those kind of worlds where if you want to take as little or as much as you want from it. It's perfect. And it does seem like that kind of story where it's like, you could just be, yeah, it's a keyblade. It's a big key. You hit people with it. It's great. Mm -hmm. uh, or it could be like, there's a whole overarching backstory about like how these keyblades came to be or what they're used for uh, and the importance of them. And like, you can go deep dive. You could go through the wiki articles. You could do the Reddits yeah. uh, if you want. Um, and yeah, read the logbooks in the game and stuff like that. And it does feel like it is that kind of, it's that quintessential, again, like, classic square soft square enix um how they um they managed to build like an entire like sub story into their worlds that you can follow yeah. and i think it's uh it's testament to how good square are or were at the time uh on building their worlds uh and yeah i think that's kind of like that's what i'm taking I mean, away from it at the moment yeah and i mean just to just to connect this on a bigger picture right especially for those that love square enix those that love um final fantasy and kingdom hearts maybe or maybe just jrpgs in general i think a lot of the subject matter in final fantasy and or square games revolve around identity mm -hmm. right so i know we're talking about the keyblade i know we're talking about disney and final fantasy and these kinds of worlds or whatever but like i said when i say kingdom hearts is about friendship it's also about identity right and who you are according you know are, are you the reflection of the people around you what do those people mean to you who who are you you know what i mean the exploration of oneself so if you actually look at kingdom hearts my favorite thing about it isn't just the disney world isn't just the weapons isn't just this whole backstory almost every single character has some really deep character arcs that they go through whether they be a villain whether they be you know a protagonist or whether they be a small part of the story in one game and a larger part of the other game or vice versa 
um, there's so much meaning behind identity and what does it mean to exist? How does one, how is one happy with oneself and the people around them? And to me, that's, you know, some of my favorite stories in Final Fantasy is around, I mean, look at, like I said, we bring up Final Fantasy VII. It's like very, very similar, right? Mm -hmm. According to Cloud and Sephiroth and even just the concept of what, what Shinra is doing. And then if you, even if you look at the quintessential, you know, uh, example with Final Fantasy IX and VV, right? A lot of people's main takeaway from Final Fantasy IX is VV's whole uh, shtick about, being existing right mm -hmm. from you know whatever tribe or clan or a background uh, vv is from so that that's what i love about jrpgs i guess but also just square in general where there's so much surface level stuff but when you get down to the core aspects of kingdom hearts and all the kind of it's just around characters it's around people and it's around relationships and friendships right and that emotional element is something that i think every king the reason why the fandom is always so attached to this series i think is because you don't connect to it just because of how cool the keyblades are or that you can fight with simba from the lion king or whatever right it's really about like wow when i hear the roxas music i'm gonna ball my eyes out right now you know what i mean if i hear the twilight town jingle in the beginning it's like it just i can see the sunset i know exactly i'm in a time and place and i know exactly um that there's so much deep sad background you know with this so that i yeah just some things to pull out there for those that are maybe interested in overarching themes between square enix and jrpgs and final fantasy and and whatnot there you know yeah i think is it one of the, would you say it's safe to say they've done a really good job of building those kind of like connections in the worlds that they build uh so like like we're going back into it briefly like you were talking about like final yeah. fantasy 7 obviously i'm a huge fan um like you said the character arc of cloud alone um and dealing with his kind of like the trauma that he's had to go through uh and how that affects his character and then yeah so you you have a in some ways it can be a very visceral connection to cloud and then on the outskirts of that seeing how that affects like people like Aerith and tifa um yeah. and i think yeah so like you say square have got re a really good at building those kind of connections so you, you can actually feel how the characters are feeling and those those moments when they're deeply affected in something in the game yeah. you you obviously have that connection to it um and i think obviously i guess linking that into yeah. like disney characters maybe is kind of like obviously a childhood connection that you had from just loving those characters to them building on top of that the square enix connection as well yeah i think maybe that's i'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking no probably that's beautiful like, yeah. That, no, that's you're, you're totally nailing it because th I, I have argued for so many years that Sora is the worst character in Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> right? Because for those that, again, have, haven't played it that have seen it, Sora is just this, like, go-to, everything's good, everything's happy. He might have a breakdown every once in a while when he can't find his friends and, like, it is pretty sad. But mm -hmm. Sora is just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll help these people. Let's make friends and, like, oh, like, like group hug or whatever, right? <laughs> so, But Sora is very much a Disney character. So when, like, you know, when Ariel wants to uh, be above the water, he's like, let's flip and do it. You know, let's go, you know? Or if, you know, when Hercules is trying to fend off and save uh, save Phil or Meg or whatever have you, like Sora is there for him, right? Mm -hmm. So there's total parallels in terms of it is also very much a Disney property in the way that Sora in particular operates, which is why he's such a good fit with um, Donald and Goofy, right? Um, but also on top of that, yeah, there's just so much more. I'll just tell you a quick story, right? The Kingdom Hearts music is a huge thing, uh, and props to Yoko Shimomura, right, who's done a lot of scores here and there. The Kingdom Hearts music is awesome. I was at a concert a couple of years back for the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra, right? And when I tell you, I think on this note about feeling connected to these characters and their journeys and their optimism and just the beauty of these stories, the first 10 minutes of the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concert, you could hear at least, like, 10 people crying. Like, not, like, you know, just... <laughs> small tears where you hear people like 
<laughs> you know, I'm falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was looking around, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I mean, I'm a huge fan, and I was feeling very emotional as mm-hmm. well, hearing a lot of the music and the visuals of the the Disney worlds and the Kingdom Hearts worlds. But that just speaks to how much that these characters and these stories have impacted people. Where you could hear people bawling their eyes out at a Kingdom Hearts concert, right? Um, so I, I just wanted to mention that because that was such a weird, surreal experience when it comes to deeply connecting with characters from this video game. And it's something that, like, uh, you know, people who love Kingdom Hearts, there's a reason why the Sora reaction compilation videos on Smash are, like, people are, like, breaking down in tears or, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm def- I was definitely one of them. <laughs> like, uh, but, but things like that. So, yeah, I, I think it all connects together and it, it's... You know, it's it's why we cry at Disney movies sometimes as well. You know, it's like it just has that ma- that Disney magic to this to this weird JRPG property. Yeah, I think that's it. Like to to boil it down, it's that Disney magic mixed with Square Enix destroying your heart. Um, they're just yes. they, this. It's the perfect combination just to to get its hooks into <laughs> you. Um, I mean, I guess that's pretty much yeah. all the story stuff. Like, I mean, what would you just what would you say to people that are new to the series? Like, what's the best way for them to jump in to the series? Yeah. I don't get overwhelmed. I think my the thing that I get so frustrated by is that like, oh, people don't want to play Kingdom Hearts because it's so campy, it's it, it's too convoluted, it's too complicated, or some maybe they don't vibe with the gameplay or whatever, right? I think it's like people just don't give it enough of a chance because I know some games are very nostalgia filled, right? Um, and this is very much true, especially if you didn't, you know, you don't connect with the Disney properties of each game or whatever have you. But for me, it's like give Kingdom Hearts a chance. There's obviously the core games, and there's a lot of similarities between the games. But there are some people who also like different titles more than others. So try them out. Start with one. I think two is a lot of people's favorites because it has it's kind of like the greatest hits even in the uh, from future games. But it's just such a beautiful world to be immersed in. And if you're looking for a game that's not going to frustrate you if you're not playing on hard difficulty settings um it's really just about having a good time experiencing a really really good story and something for you to you can genuinely make connections with a lot of these characters um so don't don't be afraid please 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 jump in because i hate the whole the fandom is crazy kingdom hearts fans are toxic you know and like uh they they gatekeep everything or you won't understand it all that kind of stuff it's like no you'll have your own experience with kingdom hearts and it's beautiful yeah, I think. Well, I, I've got all that to look forward to because, like we said uh, earlier, you, you, uh, you and uh, you and the community have managed to get us to play Kingdom Hearts one on the stream. So, I'm uh, yeah. I'm after speaking about it more. I'm very I'm I'm quite excited to jump in and uh, discover the world because for me, uh, on my personal experience, like I said, I've played about half an hour, an hour of uh, the first one. Um, but it should be a series that I love because, again, I grew up watching all those classic Disney films. Uh, we've talked about it a few times now. My love for like classic Squaresoft games is second to none. It's like my favorite genre is a, is a good Square uh, JRPG. So it's like it seems like the best of both worlds. But again, I think uh, for me as well, it was kind of like it was very daunting coming into a series late. But I missed it when it first came around. So I think um, I started hearing about like. Uh, Kingdom Hearts around the time that just after two had dropped uh, and at that point I mean I'm just like I've got it to the side here yep. there's probably about six games before Kingdom Hearts 2 dropped uh, so hearing about that is very much kind of like in the story like line aspect is like yeah there's about six games you're gonna play through first to understand Kingdom Hearts I'm like I'm, I'm no I'm good I'm fine but like yeah, speaking That's to you, like to... Kingdom Hearts three for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you go to Kingdom Hearts three, there's for sure a lot of games in yeah. between. Like I said, just talk to somebody who's played Kingdom Hearts before. They like, walk you through it. But yeah. 
I've played all of them, and all of them are very uh, most of them, I should say, most of them. But yeah, the, you just take take away what you can from all of them, and just look up look up a YouTube video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look up an hour long. Just, <laughs> just, just watch a story, a story breakdown. Yeah. That'll do you. Um, but yeah, but like I guess. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think just on my note is that I also just want to notice the macro trends of Kingdom Hearts as well, right? Like there's still so many people that are getting into the series, mm -hmm. and I would argue there's also a resurgence over the past couple. Uh, past two three years because they've started to remaster and re-release a lot of the titles right so all the even the uh, some of these like uh 358 over two days you can't play that game on the modern consoles but you can watch all the cutscenes. so things like that they've made it super accessible for people to jump in because i remember back in the day the reasons why i have so many of these kingdom hearts things you you couldn't understand birth by sleep if you didn't have a psp at the time you know mm -hmm. and i rented my friend i like borrowed my friend's psp for that or you wouldn't get this story a lot of people uh, that i knew didn't get this story because they didn't have a ds they didn't want to play it on a ds or things like that but now it's so accessible and i see on twitter so many more and more people that are jumping on to kingdom hearts so it's also just yeah you you can play them you can play them right now and you know ex it's experience it whilst you whilst you can all in one spot yeah that's fantastic um yeah. i mean going into the future of the series do you think we're going to get more kingdom mm -hmm. hearts games because i know like between oh, such a good question because obviously between two and three i think it was a 14 year wait a 14 or 15 year wait uh, obviously we've had yeah. games in between then but um do you think because uh, uh just again reading up through my um my in-depth analysis on the series from uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah. There's obviously, um, I think this was basically the end of this saga that started in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. Um, do you, without getting too far into spoiler territory, do you think there's um, there's an avenue that these games could continue? Or do you think this is the end of the series? What do you think the future holds for Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, the the end of the Dark Seeker saga, or I might have butchered that a little bit. Yeah, the the Zehernord's uh, era of Kingdom Hearts. I think it's it's such a fascinating question. I think bef before that, really quickly, I know you said there is a gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3. That is very much correct. Mm -hmm. Also, there was a gap between when they first said, when they first announced Kingdom Hearts 3 and the actual release of Kingdom Hearts 3. And I'll tell you that quick story where I like, I remember the exact time and place and the exact scenario when I was watching that E3 reveal of Kingdom Hearts 3. And I was watching it. I was watching it in the middle of my English class. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I flipped out. Right, I flipped. It was it was cool because like everybody was on YouTube. It was like it was like the last day of the school year. It was like, oh, okay. oh summer's around the corner. It's super chill. But I remember flipping out. Little did I know that I had to wait another five plus years <laughs> for the game to come out. You know. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, this whole this whole series is, is indeed is very long form. But Kingdom Hearts three was always kind of like the holy grail of like once they do three, it's like that's it right but then three did come out and it's like what is the future for kingdom hearts i will say that so without getting into spoilers there is especially if you play the dlc for kingdom hearts 3 kingdom hearts is going into a direction that is a little bit unprecedented and there's a lot of variables that are up in the air right where it seems as though the formulaic elements of kingdom hearts might be going away or it might be altered and this could be a you know for those that are in the know maybe it, it could be a thing with disney where maybe they're not going to feature disney worlds in the future or maybe less disney worlds or what that looks like but also what tetsuya nomura seems like what he's doing with the game it seems like he has some weird different plans for kingdom hearts in this next phase of kingdom hearts right as for the games that are coming out i mean i know we're looking forward to the oh my god it's killing me i don't remember what anniversary it is next year for kingdom hearts right but it's a huge anniversary for kingdom hearts next year and um we're we're promised to get content and we, we know we're going to get content but we don't know what what that looks like um i have no idea i have no idea like it, it it's just crazy to think Kingdom Hearts 3 came out mm -hmm. and you had Pixar worlds, which were awesome. But then I think a lot of people have been talking about like, will Kingdom Hearts work with 
since now Disney has Marvel and Star Wars, you know, are those worlds going to be a part of them now? And what does that look like? Or is our Kingdom Hearts going to explore other areas, like I said, that are non-spoilery for now, but knock on wood will be in the future. Um, yeah, there's just so much potential direction, but to be honest with you, I have no flipping clue. I have no flipping clue. But what's the future of Kingdom Hearts? Would you would you want a keyblade that's a lightsaber? Okay, okay. Here's a nerdy <laughs> RF. Let's put on the hat. If you look at Kingdom Hearts 2, we already had a couple weapons that were very lightsaber-esque. Right. right? So I'm not gonna say they're impossible. Um I just think it'd be really weird. <laughs> like, especially I think lightsabers are, you know, they sure it'd be cool. I'll take that. But they just think about the Marvel Marvel worlds as well. Like that's a weirder that's yeah. a lightsaber is a blade at the very least you know what i mean like i don't know wield captain america's shield or something i don't know yeah i've just got like for me i because i whenever i talk about these things i always kind of like build the ideal scenario and i think obviously we talked about like there's hidden bosses and stuff darth yep. vader is a hidden boss in, in kingdom hearts 4 yeah that'd be cool so that would be, be cool, cool so. uh, yeah that'd be amazing yeah. um but yeah i mean <laughs> I guess that kind of covers it. Like, obviously, we've talked about like why you love the series, how you discovered the series, kind of like some of the in-depth analysis on the series itself. Uh, I mean, like, what would be our biggest takeaway? Like, just uh, just to wrap this up, like, um, yeah. on the series itself, what is it that, like, in essence, that you you want people to take away and that you want to like understand why you love this series and uh, yeah, and going forward, like, why it's a series that people should check out. Yeah, there, there's actually, I, I've been thinking about this a lot as I do because I'm a flipping Kingdom Hearts nerd, right? Um, but I always used to tell people that the reason why I love Kingdom Hearts is that Kingdom Hearts also informed my moral compass as a, as a, as a kid, right? Because for me, it's like, I think there's a beautiful quote from Jeff Johns who um, is at DC, you know, a lot of part of the creative vision at DC, but he said that comic books um, allow people to be better people, you know, and that informs their moral compasses. I think for me, it was obviously comics, I'm a big nerd, but Kingdom Hearts was that for me, where genuinely in the Kingdom Hearts story, there's so much optimism, there's so much real meaningful conversations around how you should be or uh, how important family or friends are or being how, how important being a good person is as well, right? So that's one thing to mention on Kingdom Hearts, where despite all its convolutedness, despite all the jokes and the memes and the campiness of everything, it makes you feel genuinely good right? It, it, it's happy, it's optimistic, it's beautiful. And I think the rest of it is that what's not to love when you're talking about just the, the magic of Disney and going around to Disney World and whatnot and experiencing that. So all of that, you know, beautiful aspect is why I love this series, but also it's some of my favorite gameplay um, of all time. Like I love, I love the combat. I love grinding Kingdom Hearts. I love equipping new Keyblades, equipping new weapons. So for a person that is tr traditionally looking for a good gameplay and, uh, you know experience as well um there is a lot to it so kingdom hearts is just one of the most beautiful things ever and there's a collective experience when people say like wow i do shed a tear every single time i hear that theme right or x is my favorite character y is my favorite character because i know what they went through right or oh this scene when these characters meet that means so much to me you know so that communal like uh, experience is what i love about the fandom because everybody's pretty much on the same page when it comes to the emotions that we all feel and there's nothing more beautiful than that in my opinion whether it be through games or whatever media right it really just connects people together in some weird metaphorical joking way the friends that you are making on screen also relate to the friends that i've made in real life so it's just it's such a beautiful beautiful full circle for me so what you're saying is the real kingdom hearts is the friends we made along the way and it's not a joke and it's not <laughs> a joke zero percent of that statement is a joke Paul. Amazing. you know what i mean Amazing. those that play kingdom hearts know exactly 
Fantastic. Well, thank you, Ara, for joining me today. Um, so where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, people can find me at Arif Johan, A-R-I-E-F-J-O-H-A-N. I'm on Instagram, I'm on uh, Twitter mostly. I love Twitter. Please just, uh, I, I throw a lot of junk out there, but I, it's my favorite medium. Um, I also stream a lot on Twitch. Like I said, I stream, currently stream King, Kingdom Hearts right now, but I also love Southeast Asian games. So other than this whole nerdiness about Kingdom Hearts, because I'm from Malaysia um, and because I love entertainment and video games, I really want to have other people play um, amazing games as well that some may or may not include some Kingdom Hearts references, <laughs> as you know. But yeah, just um, Twitch, RF Johan, Twitter, RF Johan, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I'd love to see you all there. Well, thank you for joining me again today, mate. Uh, and everyone out there, thank you for watching. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>